Welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning, church. If you're new around here and I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Aaron and I am the lead pastor here at NCC and Um, If you're visiting, thanks so much for checking out New Community Church. We're so glad that you're worshiping with us this morning. We are a church that's passionate about making people and places new. And we are in the middle of this series called Jesus Is. We've been talking for the past few weeks about who the person of Jesus is, what we see in Scripture. A lot of ideas that we have come from maybe movies that you've seen or pictures that you've seen growing up in church or what you've seen on television, other things. But we want to go back to scripture and look at what the word of God says about the person of Jesus and then what that means for our life, how that changes us and makes us different. And as I've been thinking about these series of conversations that we've had, I thought about this. Um, I don't know about you, but whenever I discover a new restaurant, I like to tell people about that. Anyone else? Okay, you're afraid to admit it, but you do. You take pictures of your food, you put it on Facebook. I see that, okay? And, And you like to talk about that or you see a good movie and you go back to work the next day or over the weekend, um, after the weekend, you go back to work and you talk to people about that and you share like, hey, this actor was in there, this actress was in it, this is what it was about. And I thought about this series and I thought, man, we should be sharing the story of Jesus like that. You guys, what we have here, these series of messages that we've talked about, they are amazing and not because I've been preaching them, but because of who Jesus is and it should spark something inside of us that we want to share that with others. Because I can guarantee you this, that wherever you work at, whatever, um, however you spend your week in your neighborhood, in your community, there are people surrounding you that need answers that we've been talking about. And these messages, my hope is that they're the start of a conversation. They're not the end of what God wants to speak to you throughout the week, but that you take whatever it is that we're talking about, the idea that Jesus is grace, the idea that Jesus is here, that he's present with us, that he's a friend, that you would take all of these things and you would share them with people at your workplace who are broken, people who are going through a rough time, people who feel alone. They need the answers that we're talking about here. And man, we as the church, we should take this excitement that we have of who the person of Jesus is, and we should look for ways to share that throughout our week. And so I want to challenge you, do that as the church. If we will all strive to do that, we are going to be in a community and we're going to be part of a church that is making people and places new. And that's our heart, that this series just wouldn't be another series, but that as we learn about and we rethink about who the person of Jesus is, that it would change and affect other people around us. And so I want to encourage you, begin to do that as the church. Let that affect your week. And today we're talking about, once again, this idea of who Jesus is, and we're talking about Jesus is alive. So if you're taking notes, you can write that down. Jesus is alive. That's the title of the message today. And we want to look at this idea that if Jesus is alive, what does that mean for us? What does that, how does that affect us? How does that change our day-to-day living, this idea that Jesus is alive? Now, when you talk to a lot of people, if you talk to people who maybe aren't in church that much, and you ask them who Jesus is, they think of a dead person, right? Like they get this idea, and maybe even some of us do, that Jesus is this person who died. And so many churches, if you go in 
side of them today, you see that. You see maybe a crucifix, this image of this person hanging on a cross, and there's little drops of blood coming out of his hand and out of his side, and he's got a crown of thorns. And that's where the image stops for some people. Even the Passion of the Christ that was made a number of years back spent the whole time talking about and illustrating and showing this picture that Jesus is dead. But that's not where this story stops. See, Jesus is alive, church. And that simple fact there that he rose from the grave three days later changed everything. You even look at the 12 men that were closest around him and Jesus died. And what did they do? They hold themselves up in a room. They lock the door. They're hiding away because Jesus has just been killed and they're afraid the Romans are going to come after them. But all of a sudden, three days later, when Jesus walks in the room, when this group of 12 men start to realize that he didn't just die, but that he had the power over death, he had the power over sin, and that he rose again, all of a sudden their lives drastically change. You have these 12 guys who were deathly afraid, who were hiding in some back room that are now standing up in front of 3,000 people proclaiming this Jesus that you killed, he's alive, and that changes everything in our world now. And we need to realize that. We need to come to an understanding. We need to change the mental image inside of our mind that Jesus isn't just some guy that died. That the story doesn't stop there. That the fact that he is risen doesn't just affect us around Easter time or at a certain time of the year. But that he is alive changes your everyday life. It changes how you go to work. It changes what you do in your neighborhood. It changes your conversations and your actions and your attitudes. Jesus has risen from the grave, and that makes all the difference for us as the church and for believers. And so we want to look at this idea. Jesus is alive this morning. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Ephesians. We're going to start reading in chapter 2 in verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in the seat in front of you, and it's on page 634 in that Bible. So I'm going to give you a moment to turn and to look there in that scripture. Paul's writing to the church of Ephesus here. And this has been a number of years since Jesus has risen from the grave and he's ascended and gone back into heaven. And Paul is reminding the church of a few things that the life of Christ means for us. So let's start reading here in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. It says this, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom once we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind. We were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Paul's reminding them, hey, we were living in our sinful nature. We were living in death. We were like everyone else. We were simply walking around spiritually dead. But then in verse 4, but God, rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. In that Bible, I want you to highlight that right there because that is a powerful statement. We were dead in our trespasses, but we have been made alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming age he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. What is Paul writing to the church? He's wanting to remind them, hey, there is this way that you used to live. And whether you recognize it or not, whether you know it or not, you were spiritually dead in your life. 
You were walking around dead in, in the life that you used to have, but Christ came. And Christ was alive, and God made us alive together with Christ. God traded your dead life, your spiritual death, into spiritual life because of Jesus Christ, because of the grace that we live under with Christ, and it changes everything. Paul's encouraging the church, don't forget this. It's been a number of years since Jesus has been on the earth, but that same reminder applies to us even over 2,000 years later. Church, don't forget this. Jesus isn't dead, but he's alive, and it makes a difference inside of us. It changes the way that we see the world around us. And he's reminding you, you used to be dead, but now you're alive in Christ. A number of years ago, I think it was when we first moved to Texas, um, I was at a different church. And I got a call from some of my friends that were hanging out together, and they said, Aaron, we want you to come see this movie with us. And so I was like, okay. And so they said, we've already got your ticket. Just come into the movie theater. We'll give you your ticket. We're going to all see this together. And I didn't think to ask about the movie, okay? Probably should have done that. So I get there, and I walk in, and I say, oh, what movie are we seeing? And they're like, well, uh, Bill Murray's in it, and Jesse Eisenberg, and they go on to listen. I'm like, dude, I love all of those actors and actresses. This is going to be awesome. What movie is it? And they say Zombieland. Guys, I am deathly afraid of zombies, Okay deathly afraid of zombies. If someone wants to scare me to death, I'm pretty sure all they would have to do is dress up like a zombie and come out and surprise me, okay? And I'm pretty sure I would have a heart attack and die. I told them, I said, there's no way I'm going to see this movie. And they're like, Aaron, it's funny. And I'm like, no, it is not. There's nothing funny about zombies, okay? These guys are scary. It's usually gory. There's no way that I'm going to see this movie. And so they twist my arm. I spend the entire two hours curled up in my chair screaming like a little girl, okay? Not afraid to admit it. It was a super scary movie, although there were supposed to be funny parts. But I am, I'm deathly afraid of zombies. Now, I don't know, do we have any Walking Dead fans in the room? Okay, some of you guys are like, I don't know if I can raise my hand in church. I don't know if I can admit that. It's okay. Um, but I started thinking about all of this, like the movie that I saw, and I, I don't like zombies, and, and then kind of our obsession now with this idea of zombies and people that are walking around. And, and as I thought about that, I thought, man... That is a powerful illustration of our spiritual condition. Whether we realize it or not, it, it's a great picture of what is taking place in our life before Christ and after Christ. So I'm going to take a few moments and preach about zombies this morning. I hope that's okay. And, and my goal is whether you watch any of those or not, that you would see something about what Christ has done inside of us. If you've ever watched those, or even if you haven't, you, you may understand that these people, although they appear alive, Although they appear that they're moving and there's motion and there's still life in them, they are actually walking around dead. And they're driven either by some virus or by something that's happened to them, some kind of um, post-apocalyptic thing. Something is driving them where they're merely existing. And everything in their life is now surrounded by this idea of satisfying some craving, satisfying some desire, whether it's eating other people or whatever kind of weird thing it is. They're merely existing and living off of that. And oddly enough, that's what Paul is reminding the church. That's what you used to be like. See, you were walking dead people. Before you came in contact with Christ, before you realized that God was alive and that he has made us alive with Christ, that's how you were. You were living in this sinful nature. You were driven by addictions and everything in your life was simply about gratifying yourself. There may have been appearances in your life that you were alive. Yes, you may have had a car and you may have eaten and had a bank account and all of those things. But for all practical purposes on the outside, even though you may have looked alive, 
you were dead on the inside. There wasn't life inside of you. You were merely existing, getting by. But Christ has come. And through his life, he's made all the difference in the world. Whenever you watch any of these, you see this. You see this horde of zombies or this group of people coming. And then there's this other group who are actually alive. And they're surviving. And they're trying to take out the enemy. They're trying to exist. They're trying not to get overrun. And that's what Paul is reminding the church. That's the world we live in. See, the world is constantly around you trying to draw you back into that old life. It's trying to constantly call you back. It's inviting you back into death. Even though you've experienced life in Christ, it's calling you back. And Paul is reminding the church, live as if you're alive, not the walking dead, okay? Live as if you're alive, not just the walking dead person. Paul's encouraging them, don't go back to that former way that you were living. Don't live just kind of off of instinct, merely surviving, but live as if you truly understand the life that Christ has given us. See, Paul knows this all the way since the beginning of time. You look at the very first man and woman, and they introduce death into the world. We were never meant to live like that. It's not how God created us, but through their sin and through their disobedience, they invited death into the world. And now, generation after generation, that's what's been handed down to us. We're born into death. We don't think about it. We don't realize it. Sometimes we don't even know it. But we're born into spiritual death. We were created to be in a relationship with God. We were created to be close to God. But we walk in this death because of the sinful nature we were born into. You see it through their son, um, Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel. Why? Because they're handing down death to all the generations that came after them. And that's how we have lived. That's what Paul's saying. You once were like that. But then you came and you realized that there is new life through Christ. That you don't have to exist like that anymore. That doesn't have to be your story. But Christ has come and he's given us new life. So don't live in that way anymore. Don't live just kind of existing. But understand what it means to truly be alive in Christ. Paul's reminding them Christ has made you new. You've been covered in him. You've been seated in heavenly places, whether you realize it or not. You've been changed. You're not dead anymore, but you've been made alive in Christ. So he's calling the church, live differently. Don't just merely exist. Last night I was talking to my oldest son, Josiah, about this. And Josiah said, in one of the books I was reading, he loves this kind of stuff, um, so he didn't get that from me. But he's like, in one of these books that I was reading, he's like, I read that zombies originally didn't just mean like this flesh-eating creature. But he's like, it meant someone that was driven by animal instinct. This mindless being that was kind of controlled by something else. And that's what Paul is reminding them. Hey, we used to be like this. We used to be controlled by addictions. You used to be controlled by a sinful nature. Something else used to drive you. You used to be walking around spiritually dead, just concerned with yourself, merely existing, trying to survive. But Jesus has come in the life of Jesus. The fact that Jesus is alive changed your nature. You're no longer part of the walking dead. You're no longer someone just merely existing. You are alive now in Christ's church, so live that way. Don't be pulled back into the sinful nature. Don't be pulled back just living by addictions. Jesus has come and he's given us a new way to be human. He's altered everything about our world. His life, the fact that he rose from the grave, what did that do? 
it showed us that there is power over sin. That sin and addiction in your life does not have the final say. It doesn't have the final word. It even tells us as he rose from the grave that sickness and death, even though um, it looks like it's the finality, it is not the end of the story. Jesus said, I've overcome those things. So that doesn't end our life anymore. It simply leads us into heaven with Christ. We don't have to be afraid of those things anymore. See, the life of Christ changes everything about us. It changes everything about our world. We no longer have to live in spiritual death. Jesus was the first example. He showed us how to live this new life, how to live in God's way, in God's kingdom, truly being alive, not just walking around as a dead person, but understanding that God has made us alive, that he has invited us into his life. And when we start to realize that, it changes us. It affects the way that we live. It affects the decisions that we make. It affects the way that we interact and the way that we see the world around us. It makes all the difference. Now, there are going to be times in your life, even as a Christian, even as a follower of Christ, that you're going to sin. You're going to mess up. You're going to be pulled back or this desire is going to be there to try to pull you back to just simply being a walking dead person. Turn to the person next to you and say, sometimes you're going to be a zombie, okay? And there's that pull there. But what we need to understand, what Paul is reminding the church, is that's not your nature. That's not who you are anymore. That's not what Christ has done inside of your life. Yes, before Jesus, that's who you were. You were simply walking around. You were controlled by those addictions. But now that you're new in Christ, that's not your story anymore. That's not your purpose anymore. God has done something new inside of you as a believer in Christ, inside of you as a follower of Christ. So sometimes you may stumble, sometimes you still may sin, but you no longer have that nature inside of you. You've been made different in Christ. He has changed who you are. Those things no longer control you. You're no longer a mindless being just following animal instinct. All of a sudden, you're new in Christ. You see the world differently. So what does this mean? Christ has come, and it's changed us. It means that we're not like the rest of mankind. That's what Paul says. You used to be a part of that. That's how you used to be, but Christ has come. And through his great love, through his grace, he has given us new life in him. So that means when the world comes around you, when the world tries to trap you in and give you their idea of sexuality, to give you their idea of sexual pleasure, you understand that's not how God designed us to live. My whole life isn't wrapped around my sexuality. My whole life isn't pursuing what the rest of the world is pursuing, just pleasure and just what I can get out of it, no matter who it hurts or no matter what it costs. See, I see the world differently because I've been made alive in Christ. You guys, I don't react the same way that the world reacts. You don't react the way that the world reacts. Why? Because you see people differently. You don't just see the exterior. You don't just judge by the outside. But if you're alive in Christ, you start to understand, hey, people are hurting. People are broken. You may not know their whole story, why they're reacting like that. And so you don't lash back out at them. You don't make a witty remark or a witty comeback to that coworker, even though you could. Why? Because you're alive in Christ. You're no longer just controlled by a sinful nature. All of a sudden, you see the world differently. You see beyond just the exterior. 
and you see the spiritual life and the spiritual condition of people around you. See, understanding that Jesus is alive changes everything. It'll change your actions because you'll realize, hey, I'm not just walking around gratifying myself anymore. I'm living for Christ. I'm living in this understanding that Jesus is alive and that he's changing the world around us. Paul goes on to say this. If you still have your Bibles open, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, he says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the results of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What's Paul saying here? He's saying, church, I'm reminding you, Jesus is alive. It changes things. It doesn't allow you just to live in that sinful nature anymore. It makes a difference in the way that you react, in the way that you see the world around you. But he also reminds them, hey, God has a plan and God has a purpose. Because Jesus is alive, because he's created life in you, it changes things inside of you. And now you start to understand your purpose and your plan. He's saying, hey, you're the workmanship of God. God's designed you. He's created you. He has a purpose. You're not just walking around, just merely existing, just trying to get by, just trying to survive. No, you understand that if Jesus is alive and if we've been made alive in Christ, then we're part of that purpose. See, God's not done with you yet. That's what Paul's reminding the church. You're alive and you're not done yet. God's still in the process with you. Yes, you may not be perfect. You may not have it all figured out. But you're a part of what God is displaying to the world around you. See, you're that symbol of hope in a world that is just walking around dead. You're the symbol of life to people that are looking for answers, for people that are broken, for people that are hurting. You're a picture of what it means to truly be alive in Christ. See, that's what Paul's reminding the church. Church, do you understand you're his workmanship. You're the picture that he's been painting to the world of what it means to truly be alive. You're the story that he's telling, that he's writing of what it means to truly have life, not just to be dead spiritually, but to be alive in Christ. You're that picture that he's been painting. Paul's saying, don't live as a dead person. Understand of what it means to be alive. Understand the purpose that God has for you. Church, he's not done with you yet. He's not done with you yet. I mean, just think about this. You woke up this morning. You had breath in your lungs. You were able to get out of your house, get ready, do all of that stuff. All of those things signify God has a plan for you. The salvation that you have experienced, if you've experienced the grace of God, all of those things, it's because God has a plan for you. It's because God has a purpose. He's not done with you. Now, he could, in some moment, whenever you respond to his love, whenever you respond to his grace, whenever you say, okay, God, I admit I'm a sinner and I need you, he could, in that moment, as you accept his grace, strike you dead, right? Like, okay, I'm going to make sure you don't mess up. I'm going to make sure you don't have any issues. And so as soon as you respond to my love, I'm just going to kill you. And he could do that, but that's not what God does. Why? Because we're part of his plan. We're part of the story that he's telling. 
Yeah, you may face adversity. There may be difficulty in your life. You're not a finished product yet, okay? You're not totally done. God's not finished with you. But part of what he's doing, part of you overcoming adversity, part of the brokenness even that you've experienced in your past and how God is retelling your story, it's a picture to the world around you. It's a picture to people that are hurting. Wait, that person doesn't react like everyone reacts. Hey, there's something different about you. You, you respond differently. Why do you continue to trust in God even when it's hard, even when it's difficult? Why do you love people even when they hurt you, even when they say things about you? How are you different? And we can respond, Jesus is alive. And because of that, we're a picture of God's grace. We're a picture of what it means to truly be alive to the world around us, to people that are hurting. That's what God is calling us into. A number of years ago when our oldest daughter, Angela, was about six or seven years old. We were in Ikea, the big furniture store. You guys know Ikea? Okay, some of you guys may shop there. Um, it's a large furniture store. And as we're walking around, she sees this bunk bed. And she's like, Dad, I love this bunk bed. I want this bunk bed. And I knew I don't have the money to pay for that bunk bed. But I thought as a dad, I could build that, right? Not a good idea, but it was a thought in my mind. I thought it's just these wooden slats, right? Like it's wood being held up and everything. It doesn't look that difficult. So I'm walking around the bed. I take a few pictures. I go home. I call one of my friends. I go to Lowe's and I start to build this bed. And at the end of a few hours, you know, the, the wood is kind of twisted. Things don't really look that straight. But I think this is kind of like the bunk bed. Okay. And so um, we put Angela's mattress up there and for a few weeks, it's good. And I think, man, I did a great job as a dad. A few weeks later, she has a friend over, and they're having a sleepover. And I'm out in the living room, and I can kind of hear them doing something on the bed, and they're on the top bunk. And this fleeting thought goes through my mind. I don't know if that's secure enough to hold up two people. <laughs> and then immediately after I think of that, all as you hear is this, boom, and the bed drops. And I run in there like I'm so scared because of the sound. It sounded horrible. And all I could think is, oh, no, I hope I didn't kill someone. And, and I run in there, and they're both kind of just sitting on the bed on the floor now. Right? The bunk bed, is, it's just decimated. And they were like, we were kind of roughhousing and, and jumping around. And I thought, yeah, that bed's not going to hold that. Okay? And I did learn in that moment, I'm, I'm not a carpenter. Jesus and I are not alike like that. Okay? Probably should not be building stuff. Um, but what I did is as took that bunk bed, it was kind of wasted at that point, and I threw it out to the side. Thought, that's never going to serve its purpose, not going to try to build another one, that's not going to happen. And as I was thinking about that, thinking about that story and, and kind of what took place there, I had this thought, God, thank you that you don't do that with us. Jesus, through your life, even when we're broken, God, even when we were dead in our trespasses, you came and you restored us. You came and you brought new life into our brokenness, into our mistakes. And God, the beauty of this isn't just that you died and that you forgave us of our sins, but Lord, you call us into your story. You invite us into your life, God. We've been dead. We've been walking around. We don't know what it means to truly be alive. But Jesus calls your name and he calls my name. And he invites us to be part of the story. He invites us to be part of what it is that he's doing. Church, whether you realize it or not, you're his workmanship. He's displaying you for the world to see. 
He's showing the world a picture of what true life means through you. And so when we start to realize that, when we start to understand that, we understand our purpose. We understand that when we get up, we go to work, we see people differently. Our view is different of them. It's not about just getting by. It's not about just walking through life. All of a sudden, we see people around us. We start to see their hurts. We see the world differently because we've been made alive. We start to see some people that are walking around still dead in their sin. And we feel that call to bring them into the life that God has given us. Students, when you're at school, you start to realize that it's not just about grades. It's not just about getting by. It's not just about the test. But all of a sudden, you see people that are hurting. Students whose parents are going through divorce. Students who don't see hope, that don't see the purpose in their life. You're there displayed by God as his workmanship. You're a picture of what true life means. Parents, you're not there. Grandparents, you're just not at that soccer game. You're not at that sporting event. You're not at that band practice just because your kids or some relative is there. No, you've been placed there by God. Why? Because Jesus is alive and you're a picture of what that means to the world around you. I want to tell you, man, woman, you don't have that job just because it's by accident. You're not there because you just happen to stumble upon that business. No, you're placed there by God. Why? Because Jesus is alive and you're a picture of his work to everyone around you. See, church, that's what Paul is reminding them. Don't forget this. You were dead. You were living in that way. Don't live in that way any longer, but be alive in Christ and realize he's not done with you yet. He's showing you off to the world of what it means to have true life, of what it means to really live for him, to make a difference for his kingdom. And I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And I just want to ask if there's anyone in the room here this morning. As I've been talking, as I've been preaching, maybe your idea of who Jesus is has been opened up a little bit. Maybe you've always just viewed him as some guy that came and died, but this morning you're starting to understand that his life, that the fact that he rose from the grave makes all the difference in the world. And if that's, your, if that's you and you're here this morning and God is speaking to you, even as I've been talking, you've sensed God kind of tugging on your heart, you felt something different on the inside and you know you need a new life. You know you need a fresh start. You need to know what it means to truly be alive in Christ. If that's you, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand up from where you're at and to come forward. I want to pray with you at the altar. The Bible is very clear. It says that we've all sinned. We've all messed up. We've all been walking around as dead people in our trespasses. But Christ came and he offers a new life. We can't do it on our own. There's nothing we can do to earn that life or that salvation. It's simply the gift of God. We just have to accept it. We have to receive it. And if that's you this morning, you're here. Maybe you've been around church for a little bit. Maybe you haven't. Maybe at one time you accepted him, but you've walked away. You're here this morning and you know you need a brand new start. You know you need a fresh life with Christ. That's you right now. Would you just stand up and come forward to the altar? I want to pray for you. Anyone at all, if God's speaking this morning, listen to his voice, respond to his call.
Oh, wait just one more moment. I don't want you to miss this opportunity. If God is speaking to you, respond to his voice. If he's calling you and inviting you this morning into a brand new life. Well, if there's no one here in that situation, then I want to do this. I'm going to ask if you would look up here. I'm going to pray for you in a moment. But I want to challenge us as a church that we would live in this way. That we would live with this understanding that Jesus is alive. And that as we're living that way, it would affect those around us. It would change the way we react to situations, the way we view the world. But it would also make a difference to the world around us. And so we have something that we want to give you this morning. A number of years ago, um, about a year and a half ago, our church put out a CD. It was called Alive. And those were songs that God inspired people in our church to write. And they recorded them. Our worship team got together and recorded them. And for a little bit, it was on Spotify's top to listen to list. God really used that to minister not only to our church, but to other churches around the world. And it's a great reminder, one of those songs on there just talks about that, being alive in Christ and what that means. And we want to give that to you this morning. I want to challenge you with this, listen to it this week. As you're on your way to work, if you work in a place where you can play music, turn that on. Allow it to speak to your heart. Allow it to speak to the hearts of other people around you. Allow it to challenge you to really live the true life that God has called you to. And then I'm going to pray for us this this morning, that God would use this message, not just in this moment, but throughout our week. That even right now, as I'm praying, that God would bring people to your mind that you know that are still walking around dead. They're still walking around in their sinful nature. And that this week, God would use you to bring life into them. Let's pray together, church. God, we come before you this morning. Lord, thank you for this reminder, God. Thank you for the reminder that Paul gives us, Lord, that we used to be dead in our trespasses, but God, you have called us to new life. And God, I pray for everyone in this church, Lord, wherever we find ourselves at this week, God, in our workplace, in our families, in our communities, God, challenge us to live as if we're alive. Lord, not to be walking around as dead people, God, but to truly, God, be your workmanship. God, to be displayed for all the world to see of what it means to be alive in Christ, God. Use us. Let us be part of your story, God, to change and to bring transformation to the world around us. And we pray this in your name. Amen.